on the cover. KT cradles an unconscious southpaw in their arms with a worried expression on their face. The two of them are huddled behind a couch that's been riddled with smoking bullet holes. Beyond the couch, barely visible through the smoke and sweeping laser sights, stands head cannon flanked by two unknown assassins. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 4, A Slice of Life, Issue 2, The Most Dangerous Game. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Our comic opens with a young boy, about like five or six, with long, dark hair kind of hanging in his eyes. So he plays in the dirt in a yard. Midas, what are you doing? Or what would you be doing as a small... Babby Midas playing in the yard when you were a child? Uh, I don't know. Is it just dirt? I mean, like, <laughs> what did you do? You're, you're in your yard. You're, okay. you're out in the grass playing with stuff. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Looking, looking for something to climb. Yeah, so you're, um, like, poking around the, the trees at the, edges, at the edge of the woods, looking for some good branches to leap up to. When you hear your your mom's voice calling for you from your house, um, it's like bright and clear. You can almost kind of hear her smiling. She says, Midas, it's time for supper. Your father's home. And you get just this uneasy feeling in your stomach as you start to walk and then run back towards the house. And you hear a scream. And we turn the page, and 13-year-old Midas is throwing open the front door and looking down. When you found your father's body after he was murdered, what did that look like? What was that scene like? Uh, bad. <laughs> cool. Uh, if Not I, cool? If, if I remember the, the, the writing of the origin story correctly, that would be... It'd be a point where I, I kind of accidentally open a, a portal to the nightmare realm. I would say uh I would I would say it's probably a very very ashen strewn room looks kind of looks kind of burned and a little lava y. Yeah, so you uh throw open the door and cough in the kind of charred and ashy air and you're Breath catches in your throat as you look over and see just this charred silhouette on the wall. And then you hear your mother's choking voice from behind you, gurgling gasps. How could you? And you whirl around to see her clutching at a gaping wound in her chest. And uh, the room fills with black smoke as voices begin to whisper in your ears. And you catch a glimpse of a glowing demon skull before you flee from the house, sprinting in terror and start running towards the woods. And something is chasing you and is right on your feet, getting closer and closer. And the voices are getting louder and louder. Murderer! Murderer! And then it's, you've almost gotten to the woods when it like snatches at your, your calves and your ankles and you can feel it digging into your, your legs and it's hot. 
fetid, rancid breath on your neck. And the voices are just screaming now, murderer! And then finally it's like teeth latch into your neck and drag you backwards into a black abyss. And you bolt upright in your bed. Just in a cold sweat. And you are keenly aware of two things right away. The first thing is that you are not okay. You are like full on having a panic attack, like heart pounding in your chest, drowning in fear. And you don't know why. Because in the moment you felt justified, it was right. But yet you're still just wrestling with all of this. And you just don't know how to deal with it. Go ahead and mark hopeless. And... Hmm. Put an asterisk by it. Um, an asterisk? Yes. Okay. You cannot clear Hopeless until you find someone to talk to about this. Okay. That's what the asterisk means? Mm-hmm. It can be your teammates. It can be Threshold. It could be Zorn Zartan. But you have to talk to someone to get through this and figure stuff out because you are a mess right now. And the other thing you are keenly aware of right now is that you are not alone in your room. Like I can see somebody? You are aware that someone else is in your room. It's the dead of night. It's pitch black. Mm. I I summon a little little bit of soot just on, just on my hand and pop a little, little candle-sized flame. And you can see kind of the somewhat gaunt face of Rin looking at you from the shadows of the corner of the room. She says, I'm sorry. I I didn't know where to go. Uh, I, I assume I'm back at the, the library. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I, I, I say to Rin that, uh, well, we, we have, you know, plenty of, uh, plenty of place to stay here. We've got plenty of rooms. That's what, uh, that's what this place is for. People with powers that, Need a place to stay. How are you so calm about all this? I am not. I just had some terrible nightmares. That would be perdition. That's where there's a what? Where I'm from. What you call the realm of nightmares, we call perdition. The realm of demons and darkness. You're from there. Yes. Tell me more about that. My name is Rin Luciana Thorne. I am the daughter of the Lady Consort Grimoire Thorne, with my father, the immortal wizard king of Lucia. I'm going to presume that that makes us half-siblings. Because that wasn't my father, but that's my mother. She looks at you, kind of nods, and says, she did call you her son. What am I to you? Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know you, but apparently a, a half-sibling. I have never felt that helpless in my entire life. And her, her, her breath is coming in really short gasps. And uh, her hands are shaking, and then she kind of reaches and grasps her hand around the hilt of her sword, and it's covered in needle points. 
and uh, she just like grasps it with her hand and you see blood flow out from between her fingers and down into the demon skull on the hilt. She says, I swear I will never feel that helpless again. Uh, I say to her that, uh, well, we, we have a lot of people here that can, that can help you. Um, I can't stay. Well, not for long. Can't stay here forever. Where do you have to go? Home. To the Nightmare Realm? To Lucia. It's on the other side of Perdition. The other side? Yes, the Nightmare Realm connects to many worlds, including mine. Can you show me how to get there? I was taken from there by mother. Can, do you know how to get back? No. Hmm. Perhaps someone I know here can help, whose name is Threshold. He knows a lot about getting into other dimensions. Is he a powerful sorcerer? A wizard? Of a sort, yes. Not offensively powerful, but in knowledge and some skill in portal-based magic. Thank you, brother. Of course. Once I figure out how to get home, I need to return to the Winter Palace and kill my father and reclaim my kingdom. And we turn the page. (laughs) (laughs) Moonflower, your head is aching. Your vision is blurry. Your ears are ringing. There's smoke and shattered glass everywhere. And there's just been a tremendous explosion in the VIP box above you. And uh, we get a, a shot pulled back a little bit where we see our team strewn about in the, the stands. What do you all look like in the aftermath of this explosion? KT, you were at its epicenter. You got knocked back into a wall. That is correct. Stitch and Moonflower, how are you two faring the aftermath? I think Eden's lost her baseball cap and one of the lenses of her sunglasses is missing. But she's like getting back on her feet. Nice, nice. How's Stitch looking? I think like everyone else, Stitch's clothing and articles of accessories are disheveled and blown about, but she would have, unless something directly hit her, held strong. As you, the two of you look around, you don't immediately see Sam until you look down. And uh, he has a gash on his forehead and is completely unconscious. His, like, shirt is scorched, and it looks like he got hit pretty bad by this explosion. He was also not feeling too great from the pickle sip challenge to begin with. (laughs) What do you do? Where is Headcanon at this point? Headcanon is across the stadium. Um, Yeah, he was where you saw there would be, like, a a great sniper location. Up Up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up on top of the speakers in a corner of the stadium. Looking over there, you can see movement. It looks like he is on the move. 
So as Moonflower is getting a heading on where Headcanon is, there's a panel that shows the silhouette of Stitch and the smoke from the explosion. And it shows that she's standing strong, but in the next panel, it's a close-up on her face, and she's in a little bit of panic mode. This is a lot of sensory input that does not happen in the movies or TV shows, so she is... She's frazzled, to say the least. And when she sees Sam down there, she's like, this is... It's all happening way too fast. Uh, Moonflower, uh, I'll go get Sam. And she dashes off to um, safely get Sam to yeah, somewhere kind of outside like... of this area. Cool, cool. Shielding uh, civilians as she can. If there's debris or rubble, she's just sending small threads to just intercept. Awesome. Up in VIP box five. KT, there is panic as armed guards rush around Princess Zoltana and guns are immediately trained on you as you appear suddenly and being thrown into the wall. Uh, They start shouting at you angrily in Vladvian. Uh, What do you do? How thick is the dust and debris in the air right now? Um, uh, on a scale of, like, one to impenetrable. It's like a fairly to quite. <laughs> I will stop attempting to use vision to find the princess, and I will guide myself using the slight poles of gravity that come between her and the earth. I will launch myself towards her, solidify myself just long enough to grab onto her, whisper in her ear, trust me, and then lower our densities enough to pull us through anyone that might be between ourselves and the freedom of the air outside. I'm going to have you roll to defend Princess Zoltana, because while you are doing this, there are... Headcanon is not the only assassin who has been... That is correct. ...called in on this mission. So uh, go ahead and roll to defend Princess Zoltana from Unseen Assassins. And that will be a roll plus savior. Correct. That is a two plus a two plus a two for a six total. Ooh. Man, I don't. uh, Is there Moonflower? Is there any way you could. So I think Moonflower is fairly close. I think she could assist in. we said you guys were a couple rows down from the VIP box. Okay. So, Eden is interested in trying to pick off these other assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps her assistant can, assistance can be targeting the one, whoever is closest. You did notice last session, when during your assessed situation, the faint, like, kind of heat shimmer almost of someone who is camouflaged. And you see that person now on the ceiling above KT. So if you shout out a warning, you could totally, I think that that would totally work. I shout out a warning and also throw a knife. Excellent. That, That also, also works. So that brings us up to a seven to nine. So, uh, KT, you are able to keep 
Princess Zeltana safe. So add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect or clear a condition. I would like to take influence over the princess, Princess Zoltana. However, it was a seven to nine, so it costs you. Um, Expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. I shall inadvertently escalate the situation. So as you are floating up and out of the room, uh, the guards shifted their attention away from you because headcanon has very rapidly made his way around the arena. He is a very strong robot and has like kicked through the remaining glass and holds both of his arms straight out and his silver kind of gauntlets expand in every direction and uh, his fists retract into his forearms and then four machine gun barrels pop out. And uh, he starts to unload on the bodyguards and other civilians in the room where Princess Zaltana was. I shall attempt to clear the area um, until I find visual on the rest of my teammates. How how is Stitch? How are Stitch and Southpaw coming along? So we have a couple panels, and Stitch is rushing. Southpaw carrying him fireman style to some first responder paramedics that were working at the stadium nearby. And after she's sure that he's secure and safe, she's headed back to be a part of the action. But at this moment, she's probably just arriving through whatever hole was blown through the enclosure. Moonflower. Well, she's going to start by dodging the machine gun fire. Okay. That sounds That's like a, a first good step. choice. You also have not heard from Midas all day, despite texting him. Might be worth giving him another shot. So I will duck down behind one of the big concrete pillars that is holding the stadium up and call Midas, I guess. Does Midas see a phone call? Yes, yes. So uh, we get a panel of uh, Midas at the library the next morning. Do you drink tea or coffee in the mornings? Or do you drink tea or coffee in the mornings? Mm, or just, I'm not a real tea or coffee kind of guy. Yeah. Just like to, you know... What is your, like, late breakfast? Ooh. Eggs. Eggs, yeah. Mm. We get Midas making very, very late afternoon breakfast for himself with eggs. Um, well, Zorn Zartan is reading the newspaper at the table and petting Mr. Snuggle Up Against, who is Threshold's cat. <laughs> and Midas, your phone rings. <clears throat> Hello? Finally, you answer. Uh, I must have missed some calls. <laughs> Super Stadium, now. Uh, on my way. <laughs> she hung out before. <laughs> Either he's coming or he's not. I look at the phone and I say, typical. <laughs> <laughs> I I shoot up and, and dive through a portal on the ground. Uh, um, Zorn Zartan takes a sip of his tea and uh, pets the cat gently on the head. Do not worry, Mr. Snoogalopagans. You shall return. <laughs> I'm also going to get on the comms and tell Stitch to, when she gets back here, do her best to impersonate the princess to 
make things a little more confusing. As the uh, radio crackles for the first time, there's a panel that shows Stitch's face, as it has been known to do, just light up as Moonflower issues her first orders in combat. And that kind of steadies her. And she'll activate not from around here, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but as she gets this message, as she's just arriving through the door, she seamlessly transitions and shifts. She hasn't seen the princess, has she? Is this someone who's been on the news or... Probably no. I kind of feel like that's a role. It's it's almost like pure chance whether or not she's seen her or not, or knows what she looks like. Because if not, she's going to go full Disney princess, and it may or may not look anything like. It maybe didn't occur to Moonflower that not everyone has like the faces of foreign dignitaries memorized. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, the move can dictate exactly how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I think I know. RTFO. Rule to find out. Yeah, so go ahead and read uh, Not From Around Here for us real quick. Yeah, Not From Around Here. When Stitch acts clueless, goofy, or confused to get out of a sticky, mundane situation, roll freak. On a hit, you create an opportunity, distraction, or a plausible excuse. On a 7 to 9, you feel all the weight of playing the clown and the people staring at you. The GM shifts one of your labels up and one down. On a miss, no one is fooled, and you've put yourself in the crosshairs. And that role was a, that was a seven. Awesome. So what does it look like on page as you uh, do a magical girl transformation into your best impersonation of a Latvian princess? <laughs> um, she's going to confidently stroll in with a parasail over her shoulder that her needle has stitched itself into. It's going to be a, bright pink dress and she heard princess so she is going to shrink herself a few inches at least um maybe a whole foot yeah she's going to go down to about four six at this point and very much stroll in and own the scene walk in and strike a pose and then just in her most damsel voice be like oh no they're here for me. Oh, someone help. And shriek. I'm not going to shriek, but sh- Stitch shrieks. There's a panel with, you know, the whole princess. Ah. Oh, this is perfect. So you stroll in and give your, your best princess screech. And Head Cannon stops firing his machine guns. And you look over to see the group of bodyguards just like lying on the floor, bleeding from bullet wounds. And you suddenly feel very, you definitely got headcanon's attention, but you definitely just don't really feel like a hero in this moment. Go ahead and lower your savior and increase your, go ahead and increase your freak. You don't feel like a hero because you couldn't, like, protect these people. And you feel just, like, more out of place and not like you belong. Yeah, that makes total sense. Headcanon whirls and points all of his barrels at you. 
Stitch is going to quietly whisper her to herself, Boldness, be my friend. And she is going to unleash her powers to send out her needle and start stitching sort of a wall or barrier between head cannon and everyone else. So it's going to take like a cylindrical form. Uh, her sending her needle flying and stitching just like a thread cage all around him to try to contain him. If you're um, trying to like protect people with a wall, you might be defending. Oh yeah, I guess the phrase unleash the powers was describing what was happening, not necessarily the move. <laughs> Unleashing your powers to roll, roll defend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Very powerful defense. Yes, yes, yes. Go that ahead. is a seven. Excellent. Uh, on a seven and nine, you are successful. So you get to add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect or clear a condition. Add a team to the pool. Awesome. We're back up to one team. Hmm. Yay. Um, on a seven and nine, it costs you. Expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. Absolutely exposed to danger in this situation after the princess shriek and it not necessarily having the effect that she wanted. Um, she's definitely in the spotlight and not in the, the way she wants to be. Above you, there, what looks sort of like a heat shimmer solidifies into the form of a man in a purple and lime green jumpsuit. And he levels a wrist blaster at you that shoots out this, like, pinkish red gooey kind of like gummy line and sticks you with it and uh this is the crimelian he is a uh that's an amazing villain. name thank you i have been so excited about crimelian for weeks now um but yeah he wears like a big old helmet with giant you know eyes that let him like see in the dark and stuff um his chameleon suit gives him camouflage. Uh, and then he has, yeah, his wrist launchers shoot like like chameleon tongue, like sticky lines. It's primalian, correct? Yes, yes. C-R-I-M-E-L-E-O-N. Crime. Crime, okay. I thought uh, C-R-Y. And I was, um, well, I was really hoping he had a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've been reading the files, and you'll be does. sorry. <laughs> he's just a—he's just a really sad chameleon. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then his gecko gloves let him stick to walls and stuff. Uh, but yeah, he yoinks you up into the ceiling and goos you up with his sticky lines. And uh, he says, "Hey, Tin Can, I've got the girl. Let's go." I think while all of this has been going on, um, Eden has been trying to get around what is left of the VIP box um, and pick up some weapons. Okay, I assume the bodyguards had some sort of weaponry on them. They have, um, yeah, they have like stun batons and like pistols. Excellent. I'm going to load up on those. I'm going to get the knife back that I threw at that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm working with limited knives. I only snuck so many in. Yeah, yeah. You can only That's sneak so many past security. I mean, I could have snuck more in probably, but I was just doing it to <laughs> a point, you know? You were having a day. I was having a day. Still I am, honestly. 
It's actually only become more of a day. All things considered. There's a lot going on, and it's mostly just me here. I'm going to, with one of the the pistols, shoot at Crimelion, since I can see him right now, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Go ahead and roll plus danger to directly engage a threat. With a gun. I know I know the knives are the go-to, but like you didn't shot a gun before. But but, but apparently it's been a bit because she rolled a six. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's one team in the pool. I kinda like seeing what happens if it's a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I mean, if I may, I, I this could be an opportunity Ooh. moment for me to... Yeah. Do you want to swoop in? Swoop down from a portal. Literally swoop in to save the day? Literally swoop in. Excellent. Excellent. How do you... What do you do as you appear to um, help free Stitch slash hurt the Crimelian? Uh, so, so I'm not even... I, I, I assume there's some windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Big, like, floor-to-ceiling VIP box viewing windows that have been shattered. Nice. I swoop in through those wings ablaze, and uh, just as I'm flying, jet forth two big jets of flames from my handsies. Excellent. From suit. Cool. So that brings Moonflower up to a seven. So on a 79, pick one. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I'm going to take something from them, and that thing is going to be Stitch. <laughs> take one <laughs> Stitch, please. <laughs> yeah, so you sh- fire at Crimelian, and uh, it definitely gets his attention, and then Midas comes blasting in from the window on the other side. And uh, his gush of demon flame burns through the goo lines that are enveloping you, Stitch, and you fall down to the floor. Crimelian leaps straight at you, Eden, with his uh, gloved fingers outstretched. And he just vanishes, disappears, and as you look around for him, you just get nailed in the back of the head with a roundhouse kick and uh, go tumbling to the floor. Go ahead and take a powerful blow. It's a seven. Not bad. Not bad. On a seven to nine, choose one. Uh, you lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to full hardy action, or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. You give ground, your opponent gets an opportunity, or you struggle past the pain, mark two conditions. I think I'd like to lash out verbally Ooh. at Midas. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good target of your, your ire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you have to prov- like yell at him and provoke him to do something stupid and dangerous or burn your influence over him to like hurt him by telling him what a shitty job he's done and inflict a condition. So I, I'm going to kind of go stumbling back from this roundhouse kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of as I'm landing, catch sight of Midas and say, 
you know, if you'd been here, maybe things wouldn't have gotten this bad. You know, Sam's hurt, right? Are you, are you provoking him or are you blaming him for Sam's injury? Um, well, I meant for it to be provoking, but it sounds a little more blamey. So, so we'll, we'll what call that, it blame. What does that do for me? So she loses influence over you. And I mean, if you're, if, or, so if you're going to do the burn your influence to inflict a condition, you can just let him have it. Well, who, get, I, who, who gets a condition? You would. She's mad at you. What happens when you have all five? <laughs> <laughs> then the screen goes black. <laughs> you get the reward for collecting all of the conditions, Ooh, which is getting knocked out. I get the trophy. Um, yeah, or you could just be like, uh, yeah, like, why weren't you here earlier? Like, go take him down or something. Um, to provoke if you didn't want to mark a condition and burn your influence. Okay. So so instead of that, we'll just we'll just add on. Um not to not to influence your decision making, but obviously <laughs> I I only have one condition left. <laughs> burn it all it's, down. It's okay. I was trying to figure out how to provoke you anyway. So <laughs> now that you're here you might as well do something useful. There we go. Boom. There we go. Um, awesome. So you provoke Midas. Um, so go ahead and when you provoke someone susceptible to your words, go ahead and roll plus superior. Oh, that's a five. So that's not typical for me when I'm rolling superior. Wow. Yeah. Do I mark a condition? You get Uh, to mark potential. You get to mark potential instead, and I get to do fun things. So, uh, Midas. Eden just yelled at you and blamed you for this and told you to do something useful for once. How do you take that after you just swooped in and saved the day? I'm a little pissed, but I'm like, fine, guess I'll do everything. (laughs) And as you turn around to go do everything, uh, headcanon turns his headcanon towards you and blasts you with a super concussive shell that sends you flying straight backwards straight through the wall out the glass window of the adjacent VIP room over the stadium and out into the middle of the field (laughs) (laughs) and you have been ejected from the stadium (laughs) I I named that move Stadium Eject (laughs) (laughs) I think Eden's getting to her feet trying to figure out how she somehow still is like the only person in this VIP box who can fight these guys. Um, Katie, <laughs> the Vlavian princess is very distraught right now and concerned and worried. It doesn't know who the hell you are and shit's going down somewhere below you. What are you doing? I will fly up to the rafters, set her down somewhere relatively stable and I will look her in the eye tell her you have to trust me we are trying to keep you safe I pull my communicator out of my ear and I hand it to her I say press this button if you need help call for Lady Moonflower right about then is probably when I hear the explosion and see it's a righteous flame being blasted to the center of the field I shall rocket down back to the VIP room and uh, position myself right in front of 
head cannon. And I would like to roll to directly engage a threat. What are you doing to directly engage this threat that just blasted your friend 600 feet? I would like to take the spotlight off of all of my teammates so that they are no longer proper targets. I will focus all available light in this stadium into the palm of my hand. And I shall swing my fist at Head Cannon's head. Cannon. And <laughs> when it connects, I shall alter the gravitational pull of my fist, fusing his head to my hand, and I shall rock it straight up as far as I can, pulling um, him away from Earth's. As you uh, roll into this, as you go back in our, our fighting with Headcanon, I think not only are you definitely directly engaging a threat, but I think we are also coming together as a team and entering battle against a dangerous foe. So let's get some more team in the pool. So we already have one. We enter battle against a dangerous foe. So we add two more. So we're up to three. Did I technically use that one to enter the entrance? Um, yes, but then KT added another one. Oh, okay, cool. I just want to make sure. Yep. Who is the leader of this team right now? Not me. I'm out in the field. <laughs> I mean, Eden is always game to be captain. She has done the most assessing of the situation. That that seems fair. I believe it. It is always the primary fiddle to my second saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Moonflower, you do you have influence over every member of the team? Yes. Awesome. So we're up to four team. Do you still have influence over Midas? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, because I provoked him instead of blaming him. Oh, yep. Okay, she didn't. We did a little. We switched it up right at the end there. (laughs) Cool, cool. Moonflower, what is your purpose in this flight? Save the princess. Excellent. Does save the princess save the world? Save the dream. Does anyone else have a, a different objective other than save the princess? Get up at this point. <laughs> Does Midas even know there's a princess there? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's got comms. He can pick up on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll give you guys that one. Awesome. So we're up to five. Team? Does any member of the team mistrust the leader of the team or anyone else on the team? Negative. Stitch actively distrusts Midas. <sighs> There is something in her fibers that just, there's something that she feels is not right there. And while she absolutely admires and Midas has influence over her as a Midnighter, there is something about his form of magic that is very averse to to Stitch. She can tell that he takes all of his permanent press clothing and washes them in hot. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it right there (laughs) um that's some dark magic (laughs) Midas do you actively distrust anyone on the team uh 
I don't know if distrust is a, a good word. I mean, I just jumped in and and my spy a little peeved at, at Moonflower, but I don't know that it's distrust. Cool. That makes sense. So, uh, and, and Moonflower, do you trust everyone on your team? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. Just for, for completeness sake. Awesome. So, uh, cool. So with Stitch not trusting Midas, that'll drop us back down to four team in the pool. Uh, and Moonflower, as leader of the team, you can mark a condition to prevent team from being removed from these questions, should you so choose. No. Okay. I don't choose. Um, is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? I don't think so. Maybe Sam would be if he were here as a result of the pickle sip, but uh, he's not here, so. I mean, he's KO'd <laughs> in 20% of your team. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Eden was ready for a fight, mentally and emotionally. <laughs> so I guess I'm just speaking for myself. I mean, I, to support that, I would throw that this was, like, an organized team outing, and the Midnighters probably know if something could go wrong anytime they go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They should know better at this point. Okay, <laughs> and we enough. were warned by uh, Belladonna beforehand, so we knew that going in, that there was something about to happen. I mean, you, you got a warning like four seconds before something happened, but sure. Yeah, we're professionals. That's plenty of time. Awesome. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, awesome. So we're still at 14, and then uh, Eden is has her captain move, which brings us back up to five again. KT, you have just socked Head Cannon in his, I was about to say jaw, but I don't know, his like his auto loader. Cannon. It's more a gravitational version of what the uh, oh shoot, what was his name? Head Cannon's little invisible friend, essentially. Ah, yes. So uh, I am sticking my fist to Head Cannon's head cannon, and uh, I'm going to rip him from the loving embrace of Mother Earth. Excellent. Go ahead and roll plus danger. As I, uh, my fist makes contact, I look him in the sensor. Reticle. I look him in his targeting sensors and I tell him, you will leave when I allow you to. That is a six and a five plus a negative one for a ten total. Hell yeah. On a hit, you trade blows, and on a 10 plus, you get to pick two. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I shall create an opportunity for my allies, and uh, by removing headcanon from Earth. Mm hmm. That checks out. And I shall resist the blows coming from both head cannon and uh his his little friend we shall go north towards polaris the northern star and we will not stop until i no longer feel the pull of earth's gravity you yeah your uh fist connects with the bottom of his auto loader with uh like force just shy of a neutron star and the two of you go launching into the stratosphere. <laughs> and and Headcanon is gone. 
Um, Stitch, what are you doing? You've just been, uh, yeah, released from the grip of Primelian. I, sorry, I know what Eden is doing if Stitch needs a moment. Go, go for it, yeah. Eden does not like being kicked in the head. Few <laughs> people do. Yeah. Uh, so she's got a little bit of a bone to pick with Crimelian now. Uh, so Eden is going to grab the nearest fire extinguisher um, and just start spraying it to try and locate Crimelian. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to say go ahead and unleash your powers to extend your senses. Go ahead and roll plus three. Gosh, that's a five. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have five team in the pool. Stitch and Midas are both around, I believe. <laughs> I, uh, having been knocked out in the middle of the field. Uh, oh, well, yeah, you're nearby. You can yeah, fly. I, I, Get back uh, up here. Well, a little faster than that. I'm just gonna just gonna sink through the the grass in the field and and drop down through the ceiling of the VIP room again. <laughs> now that I know where the fight is, <laughs> so very quick entrance. Awesome. Uh, what about uh, what about Stitch? Or er, yeah, and then how are you gonna help out in finding Crimelian, pinning him down? Um, I. What what exactly did, did Moonflower do? She is spraying a fire extinguisher. Okay, fire extinguisher. That's what that's what I was with here. Um I'm going to I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna conjure forth kind of a kind of a a, a fiery fiery chain ghost rider style and start Ooh. start whipping it around and just just a big old big old tornado of chains trying to hit something. Excellent. And Stitch, after she failed to contain Head Cannon with her woven cage, and he blasts Midas out of the the VIP box, notices that there's rubble falling and there's still people who are injured and civilians around. She sees the instability. And so she has been sending her needle and stitching makeshift supports. And these have limited Crimelian's movements and his ability to get throughout this room and avoid the uh, the spray of the awesome. fire extinguisher. Awesome. So with Stitch sealing off the exits and Midas making it impossible to exist in half the room... <laughs> um, Eden, you are able to... Uh, that brings you up to a seven. Um, so you are able to locate Crimelian and pin him down, but on a seven to nine, mark a condition, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I'm going to kick this one back to you. Yes. Um, so you notice a shift in the smoke that you're, or yeah, the foam that you're spraying and, uh, pinpoint Crimelian's location. And as you're about to spring, you hear a girl's voice in your ear on your comms that you don't recognize. She says, uh, Lady Moonflower, I was, I was told to call if I needed help. There is, there is a third assassin in the rafters. I 
throw the fire extinguisher at Crimelian's head. More, <laughs> if it hits him, great, but mostly to like, there's a lot going on. I'm hoping I can slip away and get to the princess. Awesome. Stitch hears this in her headset too and just yells, I have this here moonflower. Go. Awesome. And with that, she's going to turn and point her crumpled parasail at the now revealed Crimelian and say, You, what's your name? I am the Crimelian. <laughs> <laughs> she nods softly. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> There's just a panel of a random one of the civilians as he shouted this out. There's just like couldn't help but chuckle despite like his bruised ribs. And he's, so, he's holding two beers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea how many people I've killed? I'm the Crimean! <laughs> I demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> Stitch nods solemnly and replies, well, I'm Lady Stitch, and you've messed with the wrong princess. And she brushes some of the foam off her puffy pink dress, and she's going to charge with her parasail. Awesome. Um, and uh, as you do, Eye of the Tiger inexplicably starts blaring over the stadium last week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and... Uh, Roll to directly engage a threat. Woof. Oof, that is an eight. Okay. On a hit, you trade blows. And on a seven and nine, you get to pick one. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Going to create an opportunity is... Midas is still in the room, correct? I do be. Stitch is going to create an opportunity for Midas. So you lunge forward with your parasol and jab Crimelian right in one of his big goggle eyes and it cracks the glass. And he yells furiously and uh, starts unleashing with, uh, he's like an, also an incredible martial artist. And so he starts swinging with like fists and kicks and he has kind of a very like leapy, flippy fighting style. But yeah, you two are just having this awesome throwdown while Eye of the Tiger is blaring, you uh, deflecting his blows with your parasol while he tries to take you on. And uh, you guys are having this uh, epic duel trading. You're smacking him on the like head and shoulders and armor plates, and he's battering you with his fists and his heels. And then he fires a goo line at you, and you dodge it and it hits the TV on the wall opposite, and he just yanks it backwards into the back of your head. Go ahead and take a powerful blow. Roll to take a powerful blow. Let's see. That is a four. Awesome! On a miss, you stand strong. Mark potential as normal, and describe how you weather the blow. So there's a panel where this TV falls down and crashes over Stitch's head. And she is a very well-built biomagical android. It, it shatters over her head, and just like she weathered the the blast of the explosion, it just it crumples away because it, it takes something more significant to uh, to damage her her weave yeah. and her thread. You know, um, harsh words, 
work better than anything. You, um, you shrug it off and glare at Crimelian, and through his one shattered goggle lens, you can see his like his eyes just kind of become crestfallen. <laughs> and she's gonna say, "What? You've killed hundreds? How have you killed anyone? That's a joke. You're a joke." And she just she chuckles along with the person from the previous panel, uh, man with beers, who uh, also <laughs> lets out a chuckle. Man with beers. Um also lets out a, a, a full-bellied guffaw. Um, and she is uh, trying to provoke him. I was going to say, it sounds like you might be provoking Crybelian, and with uh, Beer's guy at your side, I think he is susceptible to your words. <laughs> uh, so what are you trying to get them to do? And go ahead and roll plus superior. Stitch is trying to get Crybelian to show her what he's really made of. See, that is it is an eleven minus two, so a nine. When I hit the I mean a seven and nine, they can rise to the bait and do what you want, or instead they can choose to stumble, uh, and you take plus one forward against them, they err and you gain a critical opportunity, and or they overreact and you gain influence over them. Um I'm going to say uh they err. And uh, you gain the critical opportunity of you have his full and undivided attention now. Which I guess is kind of the same thing, except he's not as violent. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, he is fully focused on you and taking you down and you alone. And uh, Moonflower, no one is left in the VIP room to pay attention to you. So, um, a long way of saying it worked that I could sneak out. Yes. Excellent. I get paid do by the word. Do we want to cut away real quick to, uh, the attic and the princess? What is, uh, KT up to? <laughs> As we're floating farther and farther away from the earth, KT will whip their body around headcanon like a luchador, spinning around, latching onto its back, and whispering where its ear should be, not without my command, and execute a German suplex and rocket back towards the earth at double terminal velocity. <laughs> they call that fatal velocity. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't even think Headcanon's a threat at this point anymore. <laughs> I think, like, Moonflower, you are, like, looking over your shoulder at the distracted Crimelian and are like, all right, this is my chance. You, like, sneak out the door, and the second you exit the VIP room, uh, KT just hits directly midfield, right on the 50-yard line, and just this explosion of dirt uh, rocks the stadium and there's like a shock wave that goes out and shatters the rest of the glass and uh, yeah, Headcanon has been completely decommissioned and obliterated. The light returns to normal. Eden just thinks to herself, I don't think they're going to be able to play the last inning. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
in the meantime, though, um, can you remind me where the princess is? Um, T uh, very helpfully dropped her off up in the rafters of the stadium where they would be safe. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's only a few hundred feet above you. Yeah. <laughs> Just like one or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm... <laughs> I, girl. Actually, I would like to assess the situation to figure out where the other assassin is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go ahead and roll plus superior. That is a nine. Awesome. So you get to ask one, what here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? How can we best end this quickly? Yeah, so my question, I mean, really is where's this other assassin? Yeah, I guess. What, what here's the biggest threat? threat? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, I'll buy it. Uh, yeah, you see a bolt of violet lightning jolt up to the rafters and a solidify into the form of the female assassin known as Plasma Coil. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, she can make, uh, yeah, purple lightning and also use it to create, like, plasma lightning construct weapons and swords and stuff. She has, is also up in the rafters and, uh, very closing in, uh, lightning fast, you might say, on the princess's position. I think perhaps I've been reading the files. Ooh, excellent. I love this move. Um, could you, uh, go ahead and read us, uh, just read that off for us. Yeah, you've learned about the superhero world through your mentor's resources. When you first encounter important superhero phenomenon, uh, roll plus superior on a hit. Um. You tell, tell us the, cool facts. Yes. <laughs> is that, is that enough reading? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I'll allow it. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead and roll plus superior. It is a seven. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you get to tell us a fact about Plasma Coil that you have learned from your reading of the files, and then I will tell you if anything's different. Okay, so I know you just said this, but she, just as a recap, lightning powers, plasma, cool weapons, that's the recap. Yep, yeah, she's kind of got like a, a Lady Deadpool aesthetic, um, but her suit's like purple and yellow well i believe that in reading the files i have learned that while she is able to conjure up all these cool plasma things it takes a lot of concentration to do so so one good strategy for dealing with her is to try and break her concentration excellent and she's allergic to peanuts (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, no, I think that, that checks out. Absolutely. Um, with, with that in mind. <laughs> with that in mind. <laughs> Let's see. what I'm just trying to think what I still have on me. Um, you know, I still have a gun, I think. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a gun. <laughs> Should I carry a gun more often? <laughs> it solves so many well, problems. Well, it didn't actually solve the last problem. Your dad would be so proud. Um, I am, at least for now, just mostly hoping to distract her. So I'm 
just going to shoot in her direction. Um, Still kind yeah. of trying to figure out how to get into the rafters. Sure. Um, why don't you go ahead and roll to... Ooh, I was going to say pro- defending? provoke her, but I think you might actually be defending the princess. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll plus savior. Just an 11. Incredible. Um, on a hit, you keep them safe. And you also get to add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. I'm going to go ahead and clear a condition. Seems wise. Yeah. You I should try that sometime. Like this. I should do that. <laughs> I feel like everyone else on this team likes to just collect conditions like they're trading cards, but uh, mm. I don't like having conditions <laughs> personally. See, it's, it's good for me to a certain point. That's true. So you start uh, laying down cover fire for Princess Zaltana and uh, right in the middle of a jump from one rafter to the other, you break Plasma Coil's concentration and she has to veer out of the way to avoid the bullet and she falls from the rafters. She uh, like quickly shoots out a lightning whip and is able to like swing down and land on her feet. But she has been uh, brought down to your level for now. Uh, Mr. Midas. It is I, me. It is you, you. Uh, What are you doing? I am currently still closest to the Crimean. Yes, who's in battle with the Stitch. Uh, I think I'm going to take the opportunity while he's distracted, Stitch, to try and pop a little sneak attack here. Yeah. Real quick, uh, can I shift my labels? Did I embody my lesson to always make sure to get a proper introduction when uh, <laughs> I met the Crimean? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Stitches her feeling herself in this moment. She's going to shift her mundane down one and her savior up because yeah. she feels like she's properly secured Southpaw and she's mm-hmm. she's saving the day she's so um secured an introduction not gonna get any names wrong yes getting the hand of this superhero thing I love just it. to um prequel this sneak attack um the the way the crimelian aired was to get in a shouting slash insult match with the teenage girl so there's a protracted series of panels of just very petty insults going back and forth and occasionally like a third panel from drunk man where he he inputs something and there's like you know you know stitch says well i'm rubber and you're covered in your own glue and the crimelian shouts something back you know in what are the you area. Saying? no shut up your suit is too tight do you have any idea how many i don't kill your dog <laughs> and all the while Midas is, you know, sneaking up for his. I think, yeah, like, you've, uh, like, granted your allies an opportunity and, like, he's given you a critical opportunity. I think you've got the drop on him, Midas, if you just want to lay into him. How do you, how do you knock out the Crimelian? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna portal behind him and use my, my flaming chain that I still have. I'm just gonna, just gonna whip it around him and then Mortal Kombat Scorpion style, just get over here. (laughs) And then just grab him and slam him into the ground. As you slam him into the ground, uh, 
the other eye of his helmet shatters, and you can see that he's been locked completely unconscious. Nice. Just to just to keep him where he's at until somebody can take care of him. I'm gonna I'm gonna summon through the floor some some very large spiky vines that are made of like bone and they just kind of lock him into place. Nice. Bone vines. Bone, bone vines. All those plants that have bones. <laughs> like uh like spines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're like spines, the spine vines. Yes. Spine vines. Spine vines. I yeah, like those are those are natural. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in the future. Spine, spine vines. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> use some spine vines. They come in handy. Um, KT, having uh just violently re-entered the scene, what are you doing besides gazing down at the uh sparking and fizzing wreckage of head cannon? Uh, with head cannons, head cannons still firmly attached to my hand, the, uh, the princess is being shot at, correct? Uh, from what I can see. Um, yes. I am going to fly towards her. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to wrap my arms around her. I'm going to look her in the eye and say, I am beginning to understand. You have two little black holes in your head that absorb and translate photons into electrons that your little brains can understand. So with your permission, I am going to do the same with us. And I'm going to attempt to manipulate light around us to form illusionary KT and Princess Zoltana's to run and hop and skip and jump. And I'm going to continue to do this dozens of times and fill the rafters with the two of us. Princess Zoltana whispers into your ear, who are you as you do this? Go ahead and roll plus freak to unleash your powers. I look her in the eye and say, I am Graviton and we are the Midnighters. Roll credits. <laughs> and scene. That is a four plus a two plus a one for seven on the dot. You do it. However, uh, mark a condition, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I'm going to, because it seems to be the trendy thing, and I have not have any for a very long time now. I'm going to mark angry because. We were supposed to be watching sports today. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even the kind of football you like. <laughs> They're just big men wearing helmets hitting each other. I was not told this was a hockey game. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the rafters of the stadium are filled with hundreds and hundreds of Zoltanas and gravitons as they leap from rafter to rafter. Plasma coil blasts a few of them kind of half-heartedly before realizing that she is kind of outnumbered and outgunned. Puts her uh, hand to her ear and um, as if she is calling for backup. Moonflower, what are you doing? I'm going to... Um, okay, okay. 
I'm going to take my gun. <laughs> that <laughs> um, I'm actually going to shoot one of the seats um, to kind of break it so that I can use this nice hard plastic as a shield. I imagine she, like, you don't necessarily want to touch her because of all the plasma. Yes, actually. yes. Yeah, so I'm using this to kind of, like, this this seat that I've broken apart to shield myself. I just um, charge at her and just knock her. I don't know if you've ever fallen down the stairs at a stadium. <laughs> they are steep. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. But um, I'm going to try pushing her down the stairs. Awesome. Out of curiosity, have you fallen down the stairs in a stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds Go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat. Plus danger. <laughs> That's a six. I would like to spend a team from the pool. Excellent. Excellent. As they are, uh, as Eden and Plasma Coil trade blows, I'm going to look Princess Zoltana in the eye once more and go, I must leave once again. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> and I shall I shall rock it down and attempt to attempt to strike plasma coil with fists as hard as granite. Excellent. Um so uh Moonflower, you uh start engaging in fisticuffs with plasma coil uh, blocking her lightning attacks with your uh, plastic chair and uh, diffusing the energy. And uh, you're kind of getting beaten back a little bit when Graviton lands next to you. And with the powers of plastic and granite combined, you are able to- We are unstoppable. (laughs) You are unstoppable. You become Captain Plastic Planet. (laughs) Uh, that doesn't yes. seem quite right. It's not. It sounds bad for the environment. Captain <laughs> Planet, so, but it's like a full oxymoron. Yeah, right there. Instead of heart, oh, yeah. now we just have microplastics. <laughs> Let's send that back to the marketing team and have them shop that. <laughs> um, awesome. That also gets us up to a seven to nine. So, uh, Moonflower, you trade blows with Plasma Coil and also get to pick one. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. You know, it seems like either resisting their blows or taking something from them or creating an opportunity would perhaps be the smart thing, but I'm kind of tempted to impress, surprise, or frighten them. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like we've been fighting this fight for forever. If you want to do impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition... I could make that work. I would like to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, the you and KT are battering plasma coil, and you get her in the chin with your plastic chair back, and she uh, stumbles backwards down the steps. And you can see like some blood seeping through her mask. She looks up at you and says, uh, not bad, kid. Your parents would be proud. Speaking of... And she looks up towards the glass ceiling. And Eden, you spy two familiar silhouettes. You recognize the 
figures of your mother and father in full assassin attire. Logically, I know that's not great, but I <laughs> I look back at her and say, my parents are always proud of me, and I throw my chair shield at her head. I think that might be where we end the episode. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on Twitter at www.comicsstitch. Wonder World Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.